Good morning, Christ Fellowship. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us here today, and good morning and welcome to those of you that are joining us via live stream. It's such a pleasure and an honor to be sharing God's word with you uh, today. As Pastor Carlos mentioned, we're kicking off a new series, The Promise of Provision. And I have to say that most of us, when we hear the word provision, think money or things, right? Wow, God's going to provide money for me, or God's going to provide something great for me. And today we're going to take a little look at that promise of provision. Provision isn't a word most of us in the U.S. think much about. It's a weightless word to us. We may use it euphemistically when we stock up on provisions for a road trip. We have, you know, the granola bars and juice or coffee, whatever snacks we need to get on the road. We think of those kinds of provision. Or we may use it to refer to unexpected upgrades in life. The Lord provided us with a new car. Or the Lord provided our church with the means to get the new sound system. Some of us remember times when God provided for our needs in obvious ways, like a check arrived in the mail and we were able to use it to pay a bill. And we recognize these as God's provision, but we rarely depend on provision. Did you catch that? We recognize these things as God's provision, but we rarely depend on provision. For many of us, we have heard that God is our provider. We have called on him by name, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And when God introduces himself as Jehovah Jireh, meaning the Lord will provide, it's not in the context of snacks or cars or money or bills. It's in the context of the most profound physical need a person can face, the loss of life. In Genesis 22, we read the story of Abraham uh, being commanded by God to take his son Isaac to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him. Isaac was the son of promise, a miraculous gift from God when Abraham and Sarah were old. He was the promised child whom God had promised to make into a great nation. He was God's provision, or so it seemed, until God said to lay him on the altar and offer him as a sacrifice. So let's go to Genesis chapter 22. We're going to read verse 1 and 2 and verses 9 and 10. And it says there, After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He asked, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. Now, 
Nowhere in there do we hear Abraham stop and say, what? Nowhere do we read where Abraham says, why? What are you doing, God? We don't see any of that there. We just see and read that Abraham obeyed. Hebrews 11 tells us that he acted in faith that God would raise Isaac. He obeyed in the belief that God would provide a miracle of some kind, and God did. A ram caught in a thicket as a substitute sacrifice. For some of us who have read this story, we have questions, right? Could I do what Abraham did? Would I say, here I am, Lord, and go about and just do what he said without asking one single question? What was Isaac thinking during all of this, right? Here's the son walking with his father. It doesn't say Isaac stopped to, you know, Lord, what are you doing here? He walked with his father. And his father told him, we're going to go sacrifice something, right? And yet Isaac went. But you see those questions right there, is that, that's us. That's us asking questions in our human sense. You see, Abraham went to an undisclosed location to sacrifice his son, only to have God stop him at the last moment. After all of that, right there in the, right before, he stops him. Why, God, why? Those are us in our natural human mind. Why, God? But here, if we look, we're missing the fact that Isaac and Abraham both displayed complete trust in God. We don't read the private thoughts that Abraham and Isaac had, but if we go to Hebrews 11, verses 17 to 19, we read, By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. We see that Abraham knew God's character. He knew God enough. And he knew about God's power enough to trust that if God took Isaac at that moment, because of all of God's other promises about Isaac, Abraham knew God would fulfill his word, even if he had to raise Isaac up from the dead. Abraham was doing this difficult task with assurance in his heart. And when God does provide the ram in the thicket, Abraham calls the place God will provide. Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. And the word provide is so much richer than what we could understand in the English language. The word provide in Hebrew also means see to it. 
which is similar to the name a woman named Hagar calls the Lord in Genesis 16:13. She calls him the God who sees. That Hebrew word for provide also means perceive and experience. When Abraham calls God Jehovah Jireh, he isn't just saying God gives the goods. He is saying, God, you see, and God, you experience all this need of mine and make provision for it. It's deeply personal. God, you see and experience all this need of mine and make provision for it. God's provision isn't automated like a paycheck deposited into your bank account. And it isn't far removed as if he doesn't feel the need. God knows every single need that you have. And he has already made a provision for it. My question this morning is, can you and can I trust God like Abraham and Isaac did? Can we trust him? to give us the provision that he has already made available for us? Do we know the character of God like Abraham did? Do we walk and truly, wholeheartedly believe that he is God Almighty, powerful, God, do we believe it? Do we walk in that? God not only provided for Abraham, but he also provided his only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus is the provision that we so desperately need. And he loves us so much that he has already made a provision for our every single need. All we have to do is trust him and believe he is who he says he is, our provider. Now it doesn't end there. While God amazingly provided for the big needs like eternity, salvation, and forgiveness, he's also present in our smaller needs. Philippians 4.19 says, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. According to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus, he will meet our need. You know, sometimes we wonder because we look with our human eyes and we see, we see there's no way. We can only see here, physically, naturally. But God provides for your need according to the riches of his glory, his riches. We can't even fathom the riches that the Lord has. And he provides from there for us. In Matthew 6, verses 31 and 32, we read, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, 
and your heavenly fathers knows that you need them. He knows that. He knows that you need food. He knows that you need shelter. He knows that you need clothing, that our children need clothing. He knows these things. He's already made a provision for it. Psalm 145 verses 15 and 16 says, The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at their proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. And lastly, in Romans 8, verse 32, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? His one and only son, he did not withhold from us. His son, he gave so that we could have a way to him. He gave him as a provision for us to have a way to the Father. If he did not withhold his only son, why would he withhold anything else from us? He doesn't. He does not withhold. He already has a provision made available for us. So I ask you this morning, what are your needs today? Not talking about wants. There's a difference, right? We all want that big mansion and the fancy car. I'm not talking about wants. I'm talking about needs. What do you need today? And take a moment and think about that need. Do you need rest? Physical rest. Does your mind need rest today? Do you need peace? Do you need comfort? Do you need protection? Do you need direction? What should I do? What is your need today? Think about that. What is your need this morning? And once you've thought about that need, I have another question. Can you trust handing over that need to God today? Can you trust today that he has already made a provision for it? And I ask that because we're so good at holding on to needs because sometimes we think that we can take care of it ourselves. We know better, right? Or sometimes we hold on to that need because what is he going to ask of me in return if I surrender that need to him? What if he asked me to do what Abraham did? We're so scared of what he may ask of us that we don't surrender that need. Or we're so scared to trust that he's going to meet that need because people around us have failed us. And we see him through that lens that we see one another with. You see, if we can 
trust, handing over that need to God today. And we can trust that he has already made a provision for it. If we can do that, we can see God in a completely new way. Now we're going to go to a different scripture. We're going to go to Psalm 23. And now I don't know about you, but when I think of Psalm 23, I think of funerals. I've seen it in the back of the cards. We talk about it uh, through, through death. We hear about it a lot. And some of us have even, you know, we, we hold on to that verse that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and that's kind of like the idea we have of Psalm 23. But today I ask you to join me and see Psalm 23 through a different lens. If we can go to the video. Amen. Amen. You see here, this is David's perspective, right? When he writes Psalm 23. And if we can trust God and believe who he says he is, we can walk in this assurance that David talks about in Psalm 23. David starts off by saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Nothing. David lacks nothing because the Lord is his shepherd and the Lord is providing for him. If we go on to read, the Lord provides rest. God provides rest. He makes me lie down in green pastures. God will provide rest for us from our troubles in these green pastures. When we see the images of the sheep going through the pastures, they are resting And that is what God has. He has green pastures for us to find rest in. How many of us today could use rest in our lives, could use rest in our minds, rest in our hearts? He has made that provision available of rest if we can trust him. God provides peace. He leads me beside the still waters the quiet waters. How many of us love going to the lake or driving by when we look over at the blue water and so peaceful? Or some of us take beach days to find rest because of the water and the peace and the stillness that it brings. You see, he leads us beside still waters. He calms the storms around us. He brings peace to our hearts. He brings peace to our minds. He brings peace to our circumstances. He provides peace. God provides protection. It says he restores my soul. How many of us need our souls refreshed today? How many of us need our our souls restored Today, with everything going on around us, some of us are worn out. It's been a year and a half for some of us. For some of us, it's been longer. You've been going through something for a long time, and you need that restoration of soul. God protects us. He provides that for us. God provides us with the protection we need to restore us 
to refresh us and to replenish us. God provides direction for us. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. If we allow God, he will lead us in the right path. He is our shepherd, and he knows the way. He knows the way that he has for us. If we allow him to lead us in the path of righteousness, and it goes on to say for his name's sake. You know why? Because if he, if we allow him to lead us in that path of righteousness, that path that he's going to lead us on is going to bring him glory. Because he knows the path that he has for us. If we can trust him to provide that path for us. God provides courage. When we walk through the darkest valleys, we will fear no evil. Maybe you're in the midst of a dark valley. You're facing financial issues, medical issues, relationship issues. Things aren't looking so great. Maybe you've been in a valley for a really long time. And fear is creeping in, trying to take a hold of you. God will provide you with courage. God provides companionship. It says, you are with me. We are not alone. God, our shepherd, is right beside us. You and I are not alone. We have a companion, and that is God. He is with us. We may not see him, but he is right there. You know, over and over and over in the Bible, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You may not have friends or family around you. You may be here all alone, but you are not alone. God is your companion. He is there. And you know, one of the things that the enemy wants us to believe is that we are alone. He wants us to believe that because if he can trap us in that thought process where we're alone, where nobody understands, nobody's with me, nobody sees what's going on, I'm all alone. We turn our eyes from God to us. And we no longer look to him for his provision. We're looking at ourselves, oh, poor me. And we isolate ourselves because no one can understand what's happening because I'm all alone. And that's a lie from the enemy. Don't believe that lie. You are not alone. God is with you. God is with me. God is with us. We are never, ever, ever alone. God provides comfort. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, a rod can refer to a scepter that shows power and authority. And it can also be used as a stick to hit someone or something, as well as discipline someone. And staff is a stick that one can lean on. God's rod reminds us of his authority over all dominions and powers. It is used to help us stay on the path or to get back to the path that he has for us. Sometimes it's used to discipline us and exhort us to move forward. On the other hand, it's also for our protection God protects us from wolves and any other harmful thing that may want to attack us. 
Yet his staff is also there for us to lean on and to rest and to find peace. We can find comfort in the knowledge that his rod is there to help guide us, direct us, nudge us forward, or slow us down when needed. We can find comfort in knowing that his rod and staff are there to protect us from the evil one as we walk with God. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. God provides honor. See this table that he lays out for us and he lays it out before our enemies? This is a beautiful table laid out for you. This table illustrates abundance, satisfaction, and endless love. You can feast at this table of endless love and grace that the Lord prepared for you. No enemy can take this away from you. That's why he prepares it in the presence of your enemies. Your enemies can't do anything but sit back and see God pouring out his love over you at that table. They can't touch you there. They can see that God gave this to you because you trusted God and held on to him through your journey. Amen? God provides power and abundance. You anoint my head with oil. You know, there's a Bible commentary uh, by Matthew Henry who refers to God's anointing in this verse, to God's blessing you for, the, in, for your entire life with the Holy Spirit so much that your cup of salvation overflows. His anointing isn't just to meet your needs, but to also give you ornament and delight. In other words, after bringing you through this dark valley, you can look forward to the victory of reaching the Lord's table and his anointing you with the Holy Spirit. What a picture. You've gone through this dark valley. And if we trust God, he is with us right? He'll bring us through it. And then he brings us to this beautiful, elaborate banquet of a table filled with love, outpouring of love for you and for me. That's what he has already provided. He's already made the provision of that. And lastly, in Psalm 23, God provides hope Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God provides us with this hope for eternity. It doesn't end here. If you think that it ends here, it doesn't. There is eternity, and God has provided hope for us that we can dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever with him. He's already made that provision for us. God has given each of us that choose to follow him, that choose to follow him, the promise of provision. And my question this morning is, are you ready to hand over your need to God today and trust that he will meet it, that he has made a provision for that need. Are you ready for that today? 
I'm going to ask everyone here to close your eyes for a moment. And I'm going to speak to you that are here that may not have that hope of eternity that I spoke about. If you're sitting here today and you don't have that hope of going before the Lord and spending eternity with him, and you want to walk out of here today with hope, that provision of hope that he has given, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And if you're here and you raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to take a step of trust and stand up right where you are. Just stand up right where you are with your hand up to the Lord. I'm going to pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord God. I thank you this morning, Lord, that you are our hope, Father, that you have made a provision for us already when you sent your son, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, that you have made eternity available, Lord, and I lift up my brothers and sisters. And if, you've, if you're standing up and you've never asked the Lord into your heart, or you have and you've walked away, then I ask that you repeat this, Lord, I ask that you forgive me that you would cleanse me right now and that you would fill me with that hope of eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And for those that are standing that need that reminder, that provision of hope that you have given, Lord, I pray that you would fill them right now, Lord God, that they will walk out of here today understanding, trusting you, that you have met them, Lord God, that you have made a way that hope of eternity with you, you have made available to us already. All we have to do is trust you, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that they will walk out of here today in that hope, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're here today, and you're facing a valley, if you have needs or things that have, you've been holding on to, will you trust him today to meet that need that you have? And if you're sitting here and you have a need and you know, but you find yourself fearing and worrying more than trusting and surrendering Please know that I completely understand. See, I know what it is to walk through a valley. A year and a half, I've been in a valley. And I understand what it feels like to walk in darkness. I know what it feels like, so I understand you. When you feel like you surrender it, and you wake up in the middle of the night in a panic. I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to have that anxiety and to need rest because your mind doesn't shut off. It just goes on and on and on. And there's more questions than you have answers to. Oh, I understand. 
and understand when you need that rest, when your mind and soul need that rest, when you're crying out to God, wondering, God, do you hear me? Do you hear me what I'm saying to you? I know what it feels like to think that you're the only one going through what you're going through and that nobody understands what you're going through. I get it, brothers and sisters. I really do. I get it. And to those of you who have been walking this walk of faith for a long time, I get the frustration that wells up inside of you when your brothers and sisters in a loving way tell you all you have to do is trust. Because you say, I've said it. I thought it. I thought I was trusting God. Or you say, I can't. I don't know how to. Or I'm too afraid to trust God because I don't know what he's going to require of me. Brothers and sisters, I know what you're going through. But I'm here to tell you that God has been my comforter. God has been my protector. God has been my provider. God has never, ever, ever left me alone, even in those moments where I thought I was alone. He was right there with me. And God provided in many ways. Sometimes in the midst of the crying out, he would fill me with peace because I would be able to sleep through the night resting in him. Or sometimes a brother or sister would make a phone call and speak with me or send me a text message. Or sometimes God would send my children to me to hug me and tell me that they loved me. Or sometimes somebody would call me in the middle of one of those moments and not ask any questions, but just pray for me. See, God met me every single time. God has a provision to meet every single need that you have here today. If we trust him to meet it. And that trust part is the hard part, right? So this is what I challenge you if that's where you have difficulty in. Trust God now. Now, I trust you, Lord, to meet this need. And when you walk out of here today and those thoughts come back in or something happens, you stop and you say to God, I trust you right now. And when you wake up in the middle of the night, you repeat the same words. I trust you, Lord. You have made a way. And tomorrow when you wake up, I trust you today, Lord, because you have made a provision today. And you repeat that as often as you have to repeat it. You confess it a hundred times if you have to in a day. And I guarantee you that God will meet you every single time. So if you're sitting here today and you have a need that you're ready to truly surrender to God and hand over 
to him. I'm going to ask everyone to close your eyes. And if you have a need that you want to surrender today and give to God and believe that he has made the provision for it, I'm going to ask you to stand up right where you are. And in an act of surrender, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands up to heaven. And repeat with me. I surrender my need. And I trust that you will provide the answer. Father God, I thank you and I praise you. For everyone here and everyone watching that has surrendered their needs to you, Lord God, I pray, my Lord, God Almighty, that you meet every single one of us today, Lord God, that we would walk out of here trusting you, Lord God, trusting that you have already made the provision available for us. You know our need even before we know of it, Lord God. And we trust, Lord God, that you have met it. Give us strength, Lord God, to those that need strength. Give comfort, Lord, right now to those that need comfort. Bring peace, Father God, to those that need peace. Bring healing to those that need healing right now, Lord God. You know every need in this house, Lord God. And we present it to you, Father God. And we thank you, Lord, that you have made a way, Father God. We give you glory and honor, Lord God, because you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Lord God. My Lord, you see and you experience our need, Father God. And we thank you and we praise you this day in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. And amen. Don't forget to repeat those words. I trust you, Lord. Over and over and over. I trust you, Lord. Go and God bless you today. I love you all. God bless you.